Most people don't like doing their taxes, but when you live with ADHD, it reaches a whole new level of disinterest. Here in Canada, we're getting to the time of the year where we need to produce our income taxes and the deadline is just around the corner. If you feel or find yourself more stressed financially at this time, you're not alone and I've got your back. In this episode, I will explain how boredom makes it so challenging when it comes to taxes or anything we lack interest in, and how working with your money archetypes is something you should consider. Welcome to episode 17 of the Phenomenally ADHD podcast. Honey, have you seen my keys? Huh, forget it, they're in my hand. There's more to ADHD than being easily distracted, scattered, or a master procrastinator. Being different is not a disability, and it's about damn time we break free from the shackles of society's labels and stigma. Hey there, I'm Zarina Boali, a French-Canadian journalist who found out had a uniquely wired brain at 40 and became a certified ADHD coach. This podcast brings forth a different perception of ADHD to help you amplify your brilliance and phenomenally stand out. Thanks for flying with us. Have a great day. Ready to blast off? Three, two, one. Welcome aboard. are doing phenomenal at this very minute. I'm very excited about this episode and I really hope that my enthusiasm is contagious. The first thing I want to say is this. Regardless of your money issues, financial situation and struggles right now, you're not alone. The impacts of ADHD when it comes to money are real and the more you educate yourself and find ways to take action instead of avoiding the situation, the higher the chances to get out of the financial crisis you find yourself in. Income taxes is something that we don't really like doing or preparing. It can be stressful and overwhelming for us with ADHD because most of us don't have much interest in everything that revolves around money except the fact that we like to spend it. In Canada, like I was saying in the introduction, the deadline to produce our income tax is just around the corner, and we know that. It's been like that for decades, and even though we know it, you may find yourself at the last minute because you lost track of time, and now you're stressing out because you can't find your T-slips. And if, like me, you have a business or are self-employed, the amount of paperwork you need to track is huge if you haven't done it for an entire year. That being said, I really want to cheer you out if you already submitted your taxes or gave all the paperwork to your accountant. On my part, it's done. And it's actually funny because I pretty much know everything that I need to give her. But I had this doubt in my mind and I was just asking myself earlier today, hmm, I think that she needs the annual mortgage report. 
I can't remember why she needs it. I can't remember if it's for, you know, the business part of the paperwork or the accounting that she's doing, or if it's for the income tax. But there's something in my mind that tells me that it would be a good idea to send her an email in, instead of assuming that, you know, she will ask me if I don't have it. And I did that. And she does need it. She didn't tell me why. She just told me, yes, I do need it. So what I did is that I just took pictures, uploaded them in the Dropbox file that we are sharing, and it was done. It took me five minutes. I even took the time to rename the pictures so she doesn't have to look for page one, two, three, and so forth. There are so many ways to become better with money. And for that, we need to put aside any negative emotion, any self-doubt, any limiting belief that we have been carrying for years and years and years, thinking that it's something that we can't do. So doing taxes, getting everything in on time, or thinking to not give everything to the accountant at the last minute can be a hassle for us ADHDers. But panicking is not the answer. It will not make anything better. On the contrary, it will make matters worse. So in this episode, we will identify a few of the ADHD traits because there are quite a few that come into play, such as forgetfulness, impulsivity, and you know, other things. But what I really want to focus on is boredom. Because to me, it has a huge impact and it actually, you know, makes it so that other ADHD traits or symptoms or challenges show up through that. We'll also look at the impact that these have on us, on our financial and emotional well-being. How to know if what you focus on is getting in the way, that's also a big, big part. We'll also look at sacred money archetypes or money archetypes because they really are not only powerful, but they are interesting in linking certain challenges that we face with ADHD and money. Boredom is an impactful aspect and it's no different when it comes to money and finances since boredom is kind of linked to lack of interest. So when something doesn't interest us, we get bored really easily. And there's actually a couple of things that happen that you might not know, but that are directly due to something boring. So before we dive in, I'd like to take you back to the beginning of March where the deadline to produce your income tax was two months down the road. The idea in going back and replaying the scene is to help you identify what happened so you can reframe the situation, shift your perception, and rewrite the script or scenario. It's also a great exercise and you can do that for any situation because it's a great exercise to see what ADHD traits showed up, how and why. I mean, that's a part that is 
important to understand, maybe not in the overanalyzing sense of it, but we need to have a minimum of comprehension of what's going on. And if everything went well for you and you did what had to be done, I invite you to do the exercise anyway so that you can anchor the process at a deeper level. So in both cases, I want you to replay, not relive the scene. Let's begin with scenario number one, the employee. I want you to think back and replay the scene of what happened when you received your T-slips from your employer in the mail. Did you think you had plenty of time? Put the slips in a random place? Leave the envelope in a pile of unopened mail? Have a system in place? And if so, what about that system made it work really, really well for you? Step number two. What emotional state were you in at that time and what thoughts ran through your head? Maybe the idea or the possibility of owing the money government generated more financial stress because you know you don't have the money. And that opened the door maybe to frustration, discouragement, guilt, and shame. What happened after that? Again, if the system you had in place or you have in place enabled you to just get it done, well, revisit the scene and see everything that was working, what emotion or emotional state you were in so that you can anchor it deeper. Now, if you are self-employed, what went on at the moment you realized that in two months, it was that time of year where your papers out to be in order if you wanted your income taxes to be done on time, either by you or your accountant. Did this sound like you? I need to gather last year's expenses. Oh my God, all the receipts and my client's bills. There's so much to do. I'll never get it done on time. It's impossible. It's going to take forever because everything is so messy. Oh my God, the thought of getting it done is just getting me so overwhelmed. I'll get rid of it as soon as I can. Anything else comes up for you? The reason I'm having you reflect on this is not to make you feel bad, not at all, but it's to help you identify what needs to be put in place so that next year you have a system that you have been using for several months so you are able to make any adjustments from now and next year the the adjustments that are necessary for the system to work optimally. It's also in order for you to reduce the stress, anxiety, and overwhelm the shame and guilt that it may create in your life. And another reason is to actually help you identify what is getting in the way. That is crucial because the more you know what gets in the way, the more you're able to go around it or have something in place that helps you move 
through it. And when you know what's getting in the way, you can figure out who needs to be part of your support system in order for you to crush it next year. It's as simple as that. And yes, you might be able to do that by yourself. But if you're someone that has a hard time asking for help, well, know that it's going to be so much harder. So there has to be someone around you that can help, that understands your unique challenges, and that will be there to help you move forward. Because it's sometimes hard for us as ADHDers to see the benefits of doing something with consistency, especially when it's something we lack interest for. So having someone there to support you and to help you will make a huge difference. And imagine how different the scenario will be next year if you put a system in place now. So yes, you could be focusing on, oh my God, the deadline is just around the corner. I will never have it. And we'll talk about, you know, paying attention to what you focus on later on. But make sure that right now you also think about how you want the scene to play out next year. Like just travel in time and go to the same time next year and try to see yourself in a different situation, feeling differently and with a totally different mindset mindset than the one you're having right now. The best decision I made when I started my business was to find someone to delegate everything. And that's everything that had to do with accounting. At the time, my interest level was practically non-existent and there was no doubt in my mind that it would be a good investment. It worked until I realized that the way my accounting was my accountant was doing things wasn't ADHD friendly and it took me months to realize that if not a couple of years i had to bring her my papers every single month in person we'd sit in her office and she would explain things to me that after 20 minutes got me completely lost and i would just be there pretending i paid attention Two hours later, I would leave completely drained, so much so that often I needed to lay down for a nap when I got home. And that wasn't just working for me. It was actually making the experience painful. So when the time of the month would come, I was like anticipating the boredom, the lack of interest not paying attention, not understanding, believing that I wasn't good at understanding the basics of, you know, accounting or finances or money management. It's not, and it has nothing to do with the fact that she was incompetent. On the contrary, she was very competent. It was just not working for me 
And I just ended up finding someone else. And she's been with me for the past four or five years. We work from a distance. Everything is filed in Dropbox, Dropbox folders. And what really helps is, is that she does my sales tax report every three months. So I developed the habit of making sure I upload all the documents she needs every month to do that. So I don't find myself being last minute after the, you know, the first, second, third or fourth quarter, totally, completely overwhelmed by all that I have to do in a short amount of time so that she can do her job. Surprisingly, it worked and it's working on increasing my interest for everything that has to do with my business. You know, the numbers that come in, so the money that I'm making, the expenses that I have, and that's actually pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome feeling. So as my interest continues to grow, I'm now believing strongly that I am better than I was and I'm getting better and better at it. And that's pretty cool. I even created an Excel document to have something tangible and visual to actually follow everything. Am I consistent at filling it out? No, but I think about it often. So it's always there at the back of my mind. And after a certain period of time, I just sit and look and say, okay, that's where I'm at. So there's less procrastination, there's less guilt, there's less shame. And another reason for that is that I am able to talk about it openly. Do I shout my financial situation or, you know, out loud to everyone on social media? Of course not. Like, I mean, there's still a part of it that's personal, that's personal. But oftentimes I will use my example with my clients. Why? Because I know that it resonates with them. So one of the magic word here is accountability toward my accountant and toward myself. As you think of the system you need to put in place, here are a few ideas to help you figure it out. What tasks need to be done and by when? You can do that for a month. You can do that for three months. You can do it for six months. and you Or you can do it for the entire year. What simple, and I mean simple, filing system can you use for important papers? And do you need to... Write it down somewhere. Like if you, f if you file it somewhere physically, do you need to keep track of where you put important papers? That will just, you know, create less stress when you actually need to 
get to those important papers. I love Dropbox for the reason that in a few clicks, I'm done. Like, I mean, nowadays, we almost do everything on our phone. So I open the app and all the folders are already in there. Like I do it for the entire year. So normally what I do is around December or January, I already create all the year's folders from January to December. And then in every folder, I have a folder for expenses, a folder for clients' bills, a folder for the other stuff that my accountant needs, like my my um, my uh, bank account reports, like everything is in there and it's everything has a home. Everything has a place and that is super important. So I might not have to think about where the physical paper is, but maybe it's a good idea to just note and have a document in, you know, your phone in notes, if it's a high phone, uh, if it's an iPhone and, you know, you say, well, this paper is there. I mean, it might be just ridiculous to do that, but by doing so, you're actually giving a break to your working memory. And if you haven't listened to the episode where I'm talking about it, it's actually very interesting and it will help you understand the importance of keeping your working memory in, the, in shape so to not overload it. Now, another question to help you figure what system needs to be put in place is who do you know that has the skills you need to develop and that could help you create something that works for you. That will make such a huge difference. And usually someone that is close to us, it can be your best friend, it can be your brother or sister, like someone you trust and someone that understands your ADHD reality and that will be able to guide you and help you every step of the way. So once you have the answers to those questions, add the tasks, deadlines, and reminders in your phone. For example, you could go to next January, choose a specific date and add the following. Send email to accountant in February for income taxes. Then add a reminder or add several reminders with the number of weeks left to complete the task. Why am I giving you this tip? Well, because oftentimes with ADHD, we have we are time blind so we're in, we in, we are insensitive to time and there's actually an episode that is also talking about that so if you want to know more i highly recommend you go listen to it but we're time insensitive so we don't feel or perceive time the same way neurotypical people do so by adding the number of weeks it will be a an extra reminder that, okay, I have two weeks. And then it will give you a chance to, you know, be more 
conscious of the time that is actually going by. And having a countdown will help make the completion of the task more tangible. Following me? Good. I also invite you to think of ways boring tasks can be more fun. Yep. Our brain is interest-based. And boredom is definitely an ADHD trait that impacts our ability to get things done when it comes to managing our finances. One thing to avoid is to try harder to get something done. Putting more pressure is actually making things more difficult and it's not the answer because our brain shuts down when we do that. ADHD challenges show up differently from one situation to another and from one task to another. So do you understand why it is so important to know how and why and when your, your challenges show up? It's super important. So interest is the primary factor to, that enables us to pay attention. And boredom has to do with distractibility. So when we're bored, we get distracted more easily. And if we're distracted, it could be a sign that what you are doing right now is something that needs to be revisited so that you can actually get out of this boredom state. What's interesting about boredom is that in a context of a strength, it forces us to seek new or better way of doing things. So when you see yourself getting bored, pause, ponder, just have a look around and ask yourself, okay, how can I do this differently that will make it more fun? that will make it more interesting or that will allow me to get back some interest in what I'm doing. Because the ADHD brain can't stand to be bored. It just can't. So having to focus on something boring or hard can be so demanding for us that our brain really hurts. And, you know, when I was telling you the story about the first accountant I worked with, that is exactly what was happening. I would get out of there and I would, my brain would just hurt. So it's not surprising that if we know getting the paperwork ready for income tax is something difficult or boring that requires a lot of focus, well, avoiding it will probably be what we'll do even if we know it can be very costly. Boredom also creates time distortion because when we are bored, time is going by so slowly that it feels like torture. Another reason you should be aware of boredom is that it disengages us and keeps us stuck. Researchers have identified that there are four external factors that lead to boredom. Monotony, constraint, lack of purpose, and poor fit between our skill set and the challenges of the moment. 
In another study, researchers found that five internal causes lead to boredom. Emotion, so our felt sense of how we are in the moment. Biology, our ability to be or stay alert or responsive to our environment. Cognition, which is our ability to focus and think about what is going on around us, like the world around us. Motivation, the push to engage in something. And volition or self-controls, which is the ability to establish and follow through on a plan. Now, hmm, isn't that the last one something that we actually really struggle with when we have ADHD? Of course. So the simple fact of anticipating boredom is enough to make our brain resist transition. Now, the reality when it comes to ADHD, finances, and the cost of not having much interest for our finances is not one that makes us feel phenomenal, empowered, and thriving. Actually, chronic financial stress reduces our life expectancy by 12 years. That's a lot, like it's over a decade. We are in poorer financial situations and encounter great difficulties with financial decision-making. We exhibit poorer financial competency and capacity. As adults with ADHD, we are more financially dependent on family members and we earn less and attain lower socioeconomic standing over our lifetime. That's why I emphasize on finding ways that will allow us to create the spark that increases our interest and gets us excited to a certain extent. This reality about ADHD is something that I profoundly believe can be changed. But for that, we need to start being less in what is challenging for us and more in what are the solutions? What are the possibilities? What can I do so that I'm part of those who move away from everything I just mentioned? And another way to do that you know, getting the interest kind of on, up on the rise is by making things fun. Because when you lack interest, that's when most of ADHD challenges show up. Every time I ask a client, do you struggle to pay attention, stay focused, and, you know, be engaged when something interests you? The answer is always the same. Always the same. Nope. That's why finding sparks of interest makes a huge difference. To me, it's one of the root cause of our difficulties. So we can use strategies to be less forgetful, impulsive, inattentive, distracted, and scattered all we want. It's going to work until it doesn't. And we'll have to start all over again because we didn't get to the underlying cause that triggers the ADHD brain. The day I realized that my interest for money was starting to grow is one I will never forget. Because from that day on, I decided that I would make it my main focus in coaching. So to bring it in a way 
in a different way from other coaches who are doing an extraordinary job in helping people like us. But to me, it was like, okay, this is what resonates with me. This is what makes sense for me. This is what gets me excited to maybe take on the most difficult thing. But once we work through it and that we understand it, it becomes so much easier. So it's hard at the beginning, maybe, but it helps us to move forward so much faster. Fact is, with ADHD, if something is not meaningful, makes no sense to us, and is not designed to fit our unique brain wiring, it doesn't work. I was talking to a potential client recently, and she was explaining how getting organized is a huge challenge for her. Smart woman, well-educated, and very energetic. She says to me, I work with someone to help me get organized. I have all the tools, but nothing is working. My coach told me that there was probably something deeper to the challenge that needed to be looked at and uncovered. You know what I said? I said, I totally agree with the second part. That yes, there might be something deeper that needs to be looked at. But you also have to know that the tools you are utilizing have to fit your brain style. Otherwise, it doesn't work because what does work for neurotypicals rarely does for us. She looked at me in awe and said, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. Of course, she had never thought of it that way because then again, it's hard to do so when you don't know. So my first tip for you is to find what works for you and your ADHD brain. Doing otherwise is a waste of time and energy. Pay attention to what you are focusing on. If you focus on everything negative, difficult, that you can't do, so you focus on the problem, whether it's getting your taxes done or anything else, it's going to be painful. Watch out for that and make sure that you take the time to pause and ponder. I know I've mentioned it before, but it's important because it will help you decide what else you can't and should focus on. It will enable you to become aware of the direction you're heading and decide, okay, is it in that direction that I want to go or... I choose a different one. Another tip is to know what your money archetypes are. You'll be amazed at how much clarity they give you on your relationship with money. Within you is a unique money code called your money archetypes. This code holds your beliefs, motivations, patterns, subconscious programmings, and blocks around money that greatly influence your relationship to it. There are eight archetypes and their goal is to help you on your journey to financial freedom, whatever your definition of financial freedom is. So once you discover what your money archetypes are, it will feel as if all the puzzle of the pieces of your life easily fall into place. And that's exactly what happened when I got my money archetypes. So maybe... 
the money blocks right now are being secretive about money as a way of feeling safe and in control, avoiding looking at your bank account or dealing with money, making just enough to get by no matter how successfully your career or your business is going. I use money archetypes because they are so much fun to work with and they help clients get rid of unconscious money blocks and start fresh on a path of creating freedom, independence, and a healthy relationship with money. Knowing and working with your money archetypes allows you to pinpoint money blind spots and brainstorm opportunities for empowering your financial decision and your personal growth. Troubleshoot the money blind spots that are likely causing an invisible ceiling on your income. Surprisingly, this invisible ceiling exists at every income level. And knowing that adults with ADHD under earn, it's a very interesting tool to kind of, you know, break that ceiling. And we often are able to link ADHD challenges to your money archetypes, and that's actually pretty cool. I had a client a while back with the nurturer as her main archetype. An amazing woman, bright, good with numbers. She actually is an accountant and loves it. What you need to know about the nurturer archetype is that he loves taking care of the people he loves and he often puts their needs in front of its own. This archetype has difficulty saying no and setting strong money boundaries so he can easily be taken advantage of. Whenever someone needed help with their paperwork or had accounting questions, they would ask my client. Every time, she was glad to help, but when it came to doing her own paperwork, she had no energy left and was totally depleted, therefore unable to do it. She was a few years behind in her income taxes, spent countless days putting everything in order, had to pay several thousand dollars in penalty. It was in the coaching process that she became conscious and aware of her behavior and the impact it had on her emotional and financial well-being. She also realized that it went far beyond the usual ADHD traits and challenges such as procrastination, avoidance, forgetfulness, lack of planning, and organizational skills. That's the power of your money archetypes. They help you to put things in perspective and understand why you do the things you do and how you do them. It's, it also helps you to reduce the guilt and shame you may be feeling because you're stuck in a financial chaos and have been for many years and you're, you've made the effort, you've tried to get yourself out of it without much success. Well, it's not because you're not capable of doing so. It's just that you have a brain that doesn't do it in the way that the majority does it. Each archetype has a set of beliefs that helps us understand our own way of thinking about money, and they all have a set of incredible strengths and talents we can rely on 
to improve our financial situation and create a new money story. Now that you have a better understanding of how ADHD gets in the way when it comes to money and income taxes, that you know that unlocking your interest is key and boredom something to watch for, what's your next step going to be? Don't hesitate to reach out to me if you have any question. I will gladly take the time to answer them or you can book a discovery call if you prefer having instant feedback. The link is in the show notes. I so appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you. If this episode resonated with you, let me know what valuable insight you're taking away and how you can implement it right now. Don't hesitate to leave a review on your favorite platform and share on social media. Until next time on Phenomenally ADHD, own your genius because you rock just the way you are.